I've famously said this multiple times already. Like I will not allow myself to get too excited in, until we beat Oklahoma. Like I, I'm just not going to buy into, there's going to be so many storylines, all these transfers coming in. Scott's winning NIL. We're funneling out all this money. The new transfer, the new uh, Trey Palmer at wide receiver from LSU. There's going to be all the storylines. All of them are going to be all the hype. I'm just not going to buy a single one until we beat Oklahoma. Salutations, sports fans and socialites. Welcome to the Bloodlines Podcast, your one-stop shop for sports news as fresh as Fig Newtons from a truck stop in Florida. I'm your host, Brad Kirschenbaum. As always, I'm joined by the Sergeant of the Spreads, Tyler Hammock, and Producey Ali, the Sandro Man Godfrey, and a special guest coming at us, really flying in with the Bloodlines theme, Anna Rose Hammock, Kirschenbaum, etc., etc., etc. Technically, the Christian bomb's still there. We won't. We'll get into that later. But we are Love still. It. <laughs> we are still brought to you today by Mortensen Mortuary, with nine locations in the tri-state area, trusted for over forty-six years to proudly bury everything from all of these disgusting ashtrays all over France to everyone who believed Tyler and picked Barber Road, actually thinking that he had a chance. <laughs> Use promo code Chance at checkout for fifteen percent off on a box of matches. That is C-H-A-N-C-E for 15% off in a box of Mortensen Mortuary matches. Mortensen Mortuary, you've been killing them and we've been burying them since 1976. Family owned and operated member FDIC. And on today's episode, we are going to catch up on the week. Tyler is still in Paris, so we'll guess how many croissants uh, he's eaten so far. Parlez-vous français? Some kid made Chris Paul very mad, so we'll cover that in clickbait something. And we're going to flip the script on this week's episode of Unhinged, and we'll get to find uh, Tyler and Anna's missing piece of their thruple in France. <laughs> Tyler, Brad, welcome back, boys. Um, it's a, hang on, just a second. What's a thruple? <laughs> you don't oh, it's thruple. a three, three-way couple. I got it. A I got three-way it. Three-way couple. <laughs> well, the non-American version of that would just be a menage a trois. Yeah, uh, I was like, Ollie, you got teed up there almost as well as the uh, the, the uh, cuck, but uh, <laughs> yeah, no, we, we have not found a, th- a, a third wheel, which I'm thankful for, although, as we'll get into very quickly, we did get Anna's, you know, profile very quickly set up, and the first guy that I saw had, like, 17 ab muscles and, like, played yeah. soccer with all of his friends, and I was like, this stopped being fun, like, really quick, but anyway, we'll get to <laughs> that here in a bit, uh, I love but it. most importantly... Two big birthday shout-outs. It's the birthday. <laughs> Happy Woo-hoo! early birthday, Mr. Sandro. And uh, the one that has pretty much all of us here. He's the reason we're together. Billy the Kid, Bill Kirschenbaum, the old man to uh, the third. We are our thruple. Brad, his dad's birthday is uh, today, actually. So happy birthday, I, Bill. Uh, and happy, happy birthday, birthday Billy. Uh, yeah, I, I literally just got off the phone with him, wishing him happy birthday. Uh, my way back from from school drop off, he said that he had talked to you guys, Ali. He was a little disappointed he hadn't heard from you yet, but I was like, <laughs> Ali's birthday too. Like I don't know. Whoa, 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 Billy boy! I texted you at seven oh seven a.m. I have there not you go. heard from you. <laughs> That's actually happy true. Birthday, I, I let Ali know, and he's like, "Oh, I'm gonna shoot him a note right now." <laughs> <laughs> So Billy's even more in the doghouse as we're trying to give him some love. But um, Ollie, what are your birthday plans for uh, next week other than coming to hang out with us? Uh, well, I, I have the day off on my birthday on Wednesday. So I'm going to go play some golf uh, with my dad and probably may just have a little relaxing afternoon and then go out to eat with uh, with the family. So it'll be a it'll be a good birthday day. Midweek birthday celebration. No work. Nice little Wednesday. Are you Any, going to, uh, is your master's meal going to be your birthday meal as well? No, that's my master's meal. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I wasn't trying to conflate the two. That's my bad. This, the it's serious okay, tone of you actually like thinking that you're saving that for the master's. I have to respect <laughs> a little bit. Who's golf on Wednesday? Speaking and, of golf, did you guys see this guy who lost his fantasy football it. league and yes, had to play in a U.S. Open qualifier? No. Amazing. Tell me Amazing. all about this. So Ali, this guy lost. I mean, it's, that's that's basically it. He lost his fantasy football league, and the punishment was you have to play in a real U.S. Open qualifier, like with professional golfers. And I mean, this is like a you know sixty-five hundred yard course. Really, you playing from the tips against guys who think that they have, if they string together some rounds, they might actually be able to make it to the U.S. Open. And this guy is, I mean, he, so he shot a one twelve. A lot of snowmen on that on that scorecard. A lot of snowmen. But when you're playing a, a course from the tips, like I'm a decent golfer, 
but I can shoot 112 very easily on an appropriately difficult course. And I, I, I do wonder how did the other golfers react to that? Were they like this fucking guy? What is what's what's his deal? Um, or were they just like mm, this is great? We've all lost a fantasy football league before. This is this is a pretty funny punishment. So I would think that absolutely everybody on that course thinks it's hilarious, except for the assholes that have to be paired up with him yeah. because they're probably seriously trying trying to qualify for the US Open. Yeah. This is a dream of theirs, and I'm. Uh, not a golf aficionado, so I'm not sure how those qualifying events are paired up, but I'm assuming you're maybe maybe it's just one person you're paired up with. Maybe it's a foursome, but I'm guessing those guys are pissed. Everyone else thinks it's funny. I thought it was just hilarious. I think, I think it's funny, and I get that they would be pissed, and I technically I understand, but you also have to remember, I think there's like 10 qualifiers for the U.S. Open every year. And there's thousands of people who try out like you're not going to make it like you are not the guy who was paired with this guy who was going to make it. You're not the you know number four amateur in the country. I'm sorry. You know, you can yeah. be frustrated, but just if you if anything, get some publicity and play it up with this guy. That's that's all you got to be looking at that other angle. It's like, how can I have some fun with this thing? I'm probably not making the U.S. Open. But what if this guy and I fuck around and we have a great time and we make this into a news story? And I get, you know, they say, oh, this poor guy, maybe they give him an exemption. Who knows? Because you're probably not going to make it because you're probably only amazing and not world class. Yeah, I'd agree with you there. Um, I think that as long as and I think it's more than 10, Brad, I'm again, I'm not I'm going to spot check myself on that one. Yeah, bring that up later, because I'm pretty sure there's like a district qualifying and then a regional qualifying. Maybe that's just a uh, dodgeball and I'm totally twisting things. And I shot up some beaver juice this morning, but um no, I'm not. I'm pretty sure this district then a regional, but I might be wrong there. So while you're looking up that, though, Brad, uh, some real quick fun news for all of those uh, Omaha fans. Viva Bujos! Woo! Freaking Owls. Uh, Union Omaha Owls beat the Northern Colorado Hailstorm last night, or Paris time at 2 a.m. as I was staying up watching that on ESPN+. Plus. Not really. I saw the score this morning, though. Um, and they're moving on to the round of 16. And they could potentially draw, I think it was Houston Dynamo. Um, I know that Kansas City Sporting was one of the teams left. And then Minnesota had one of the teams left. So we'll see that draw here later or early next week to find out who Union Omaha will play in the round of 16. So that'll be pretty fun. And Brad, it sounds like you don't know anything about this tournament. So do you have any questions that any of our listeners might be asking as uh, just like you are? Yeah, what's, yeah I, got a, I got a little download on this beforehand. Uh, but what's the Bufo thing? Bujos, B-U-H-O-S. It just means owls. So it's just like, let's go owls. Like, long live the owls. Because it's why the aren't they just saying like, why is that not? Why is that not it? I mean, I'm sure that's a chant. That's what we do when we're all just like liquored up in the 80th minute when we're about to win. But uh, okay, no, yeah, I, I like that I'm a we in this. I'm, I, you know what? I want you to continue to we me into this team that I'd never really understood until about 37 minutes ago. Uh, uh, yeah. I mean, yeah, we we. It's very good. Um, yeah, somebody at our dinner last night ordered a cerveza, <laughs> a cerveza after a long day. And, <laughs> and, and, and he was just like, oh yeah, maybe I shouldn't have said cerveza, but it really has been a long day. But the guy was, the waiter was really funny and laughed it off. But, um, yeah, so we are out here in France. Um, I had a couple of things I wanted to talk with you guys about. Or maybe let's just save it for Anna. Let's save it for Anna. Let's do a little bit more sports talk first. Um, an amazing Kentucky Derby that we obviously have to follow up on. Um, Rich Strike, 80 to 1, is the first ever 21 horse to win the Derby, meaning that there's usually obviously only 20 horses in, in the Kentucky Derby. And in this race, there were also 20, but it just happened to crazy luckily work out that the horse that drew the 20 post is the horse that scratched. So Rich Strike, who got the call the day before the Derby, um, got the 21 bid. And he is the first horse to ever win the Derby from that 21 post. A uh, couple of crazy stats. I really wanted people to hear about this because I'm sure you've all seen the clip of that video from, you know, the aerial view about how Rich Strike came from the comeback has like 20 million views on Twitter at this point. But if you guys do remember from last week, I told you that summer is tomorrow is that speed of this race mm -hmm. in that four shot and would be getting out crazy fast and is going to be setting the pace in this race. Well, 
as history serves, that is exactly how this long shot in the craziest upset in the history of horse racing, in my humble opinion, was able to pull this off because Summers tomorrow ran the fastest. Um, let's see, he covered the was the first, yeah, the first quarter mile. So his first quarter mile was 21.78 seconds, the fastest in Kentucky Derby history. And then one of the famous calls now, if you watch the whole clip, was the announcer, the track announcer saying, the opening half mile was, whoa, blazing fast, 45.36 seconds, which you can just tell, even if you're a casual fan, that somebody is just like amazed at the speed that those horses yeah. were doing. So it was, it just, it set up perfectly for A, a closer that Rich Strike was to make that run. And then if you haven't seen it, please go take a look. It's on our Twitter page. It's an absolutely miraculous run that he was able to make from the inside rail. Um, the jockey, was literally just racing at a local Cincinnati track just last week. The Shout out owner, Cincinnati. Yeah, he was out. At, he's a, a Venezuelan jockey, but he was just racing in Cincinnati uh, just earlier this week. The, the call to the owner of this horse. So basically the way it all worked out is that by 9 a.m. on Friday morning was when any potential scratch horses were going to find out if they were going to get the call for the Derby. So at 8.45, the owner of Rich Strike gets a call from the Kentucky Derby officials and says that he is not in the Kentucky Derby. We do not have any scratches. At 8.55 p.m., Dwayne Lucas gives the Kentucky officials a call and scratches Ethereal Road in literally four minutes before po before the, the registration line officially closed. Rich Strike got in. It gives me goosebumps. Just it's saying that it's it's it, they're going to make a movie about this. It is the the owners of this horse. What's have the movie title? Give me an off the cuff movie title real quick. I don't got one, um, man. I, I, I there's too much. I don't want an off the cuff. I'll think of something really cool because I got to look. I got to learn about these jockeys. I don't know anything about Sonny Leone. I don't know anything about RD Ted Racing, who did not win a single horse race in 2021. The ownership group for this horse did not own a single horse race. Anyway, we, we don't have to spend too much time. It was just pretty remarkable. And my favorite fun fact that I that I heard from this, um, and the correct answer to the the name of the movie, if it was an X-rated movie instead of Rich Strike, it would be Dick Pound. And so that is exactly where I was hoping you would go. Uh, but my favorite fun fact is that the uh, the announcer who called the race literally did not say Rich Strike's name until after the race was over. At no uh, point, it was like three furlongs. It, it was he, he called it like as he passed epicenter. So it was like you're, four, you're a furlong. Four seconds. <laughs> I'm a furlong. Uh, like four, <laughs> he did. It was like four seconds before he crossed because as he crossed the finish line, it's him yeah. saying the longest, the longest odds of one of the Kentucky Derby. Okay, um, um, but close. But yeah, either way, just 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 incredible. That, I mean, imagine having a Super Bowl and nobody says the Super Bowl MVP's name during the broadcast until the last play of the game. It, it's on it, it really it, is it's really cool i don't think that i didn't appreciate it in the moment because i was watching it in a bar after a funeral and so it was very much like you didn't it didn't even hit me until it's like wait eight to one mm -hmm. somebody just made a shitload of money you know there's one guy who was like i'm just betting long chuck you never know anything can happen and uh and there'd been all these stats out there about how the long shots weren't winning uh, anymore, it was usually you know top three or four horses tended to actually win the race because of all the qualifying um, that had gone into uh, the, US, uh, the, uh, the U.S. Open, the Kentucky Derby, and how that's changed, and you know how it's usually only really really well vetted horses now. Uh, I mean, it, it's really cool. Um, I would I would watch the shit out of uh, I'd watch a thirty for thirty. I'd watch you know an over dramatized Disney movie starring Tobey Maguire after his Sea Biscuit success. I'd watch the whole thing. So just to put in a little bit of perspective and just to, again, as we were talking on the last open, teach you guys a little bit about these other sports and weird tricks. So horse racing is kind of broken down into grade races and then stakes races. So it's grade one is the Kentucky Derbies, the Belmonts, the Breeders' Cups, all of the biggest ones. That's a grade one race. And then that next year down is a grade two. Next year down is a grade three. If you're in what grade one, two, or three, those are all those are all thoroughbreds, high class racing. And then you'll get about like a hundred thousand dollar stakes race, fifty thousand dollar stakes race, where you just the, the stakes races are just exactly that. It's the purse amount basically defines the level of the race. So the owner, as I said, it's been a very long time since this owner has even been remotely in 
in the the horse racing world. But um, so it's Reed was the owner. And before Saturday, the last time that he had a horse even remotely close to this was a filly called Satan's Quick Chick, who won a grade two race 12 years ago. He has not even had a horse in a grade level race in 12 years. It's and Brad, you hit the nail on the head. It, it, it kudos to the kudos to horse racing for changing those rules. However, many years back, I think it was a little over a decade ago that they changed those rules that you have to qualify points. And so that now, when somebody gets you know knocked down, it is that next horse up, and they send twenty five horses there. Very very cool, incredible story. We may never see anything like it again. Um, but is okay, he, is he going to be a favorite moving forward? For yeah, he's like third on the Christmas and, list, isn't he? Belmont. I, I, you know, Ollie, it's a great question. We'll bring it up here in a couple of weeks when I have a little bit more information in front of me. I didn't prepare for that. Um, so I, I would honestly, I would guess he will not be the odds on favorite though. I, I would not expect him to be because there's a reason he was 81 to one and he got the perfect shot in this race with that summer is tomorrow, taking all of those horses to the front. Honestly, the jockeys kind of failed. I'll say whoever, I don't have it in front of me right now, but the jockey who's on Epicenter and the jockey who was on Zandon, that was their responsibility to not chase Summer is Tomorrow. There's a lot of other ways to win that race, and they fell for the pace. That typically doesn't happen in a race like that. So, yeah. And then the fact that you've seen the clip, he, he passes 14 horses on the inside rail. Absolutely incredible. Um, well, but let's twist off. News, Tyler, we will be watching the Preakness together because you will be in Chicago next weekend. Oh, let's go. We will be. All right. That's yeah. awesome. Um, okay. Well, before we get together, let's talk about some Husker football again, because everyone loves that. Some of the early slurp, lines. Slurp on that Kool-Aid, boys. Who's ready? Uh, some of the lines drop for next year. The opening game against Northwestern out in Dublin, we uh, released as a nine and a half point favorite. Not, I don't think that's that surprising, maybe about what I expected. But here we are back again, uh, four and a half against Oklahoma, it looks like. Any opinion? Uh, I have an opinion on both of them. I okay. think that nine and a half is a crazy line. Now, this is not even like, this is not even pessimism on my part. Nebraska and Northwestern outside of last year is always close. That game yeah. is never not close. Northwestern had a down year. If they don't have back-to-back down years, if that spread was six and a half, I would, I would be so scared of it. I would not know what to do with it. At nine and a half, I think you have to take Northwestern. I really do. We're breaking in a whole new offense. I don't think they're going to win. I think we're going to beat Northwestern. But I think I think that they, they keep it close enough. We have not shown that we really, aside from Northwestern last year, which I think is baked into this a little bit, we don't really blow teams out. And the one team we did blow out was Northwestern last year. But there's just uh, – I don't see it. Um, and then in Nebraska, Oklahoma, I – like. I'm just going to stay so far away from that line. It's not even funny. There is nothing that could happen in the first couple games to make me think we're going to cover it. There's nothing that could happen in the first three games that could make me think no chance we cover it. Uh, Because it like last year was so goofy. That is a, like, if anybody comes to me, which they all will, everybody who knows I like Nebraska is going to be like, who, who should I bet? I'm like, don't just like bet, bet on Nebraska and just score in the first drive. And then not again for like three quarters. Like that's, that's maybe the best long shot bet. No, will the, the, du- will, will the Dublin game will the Dublin game feel like a home game? Will there be more Huskers that travel than Northwestern? Yeah, there's no question. It's hard to peg the Husker fan base right now, though. To be honest, I mean, maybe if it was ten years ago, I'd be like, yeah, half the state's going to be flying over there. But I just can't really peg what the the mood of the fan base is, the excitement is, how much they're ready to travel. I've famously said this multiple times already. Like I will not allow myself to get too excited until we beat Oklahoma. Like I'm just not going to buy into, there's going to be so many storylines, all these transfers coming in. Scott's winning NIL. We're funneling out all this money. The new transfer, the new uh, Trey Palmer at wide receiver from LSU. There's going to be all the storylines. All of them are going to be all the hype. I'm just not going to buy a single one until we beat Oklahoma because the, actually, this is a great. Oh, can, you this? can you clip this uh, this this little monologue here so that when um, it's week one and we've because uh, this is technically a week zero game and we've beaten Northwestern in Dublin by a healthy margin, like twenty three, and yeah. he's like, "Fuck Oklahoma, yeah. fuck the Sooners, fuck Lincoln Riley. This yeah. this asshole from Clemson is just absolute dog shit." Huskers, my a million. Let's go, let's go, baby. Like, can I? I want that clip because that's a, that's where we're going to be if that happens. I'll be I right there, you, baby. Yes, absolutely. Ollie, I, 
Ollie, I just, I, I actually, yeah, that's a great idea. Ollie, remind me after we shit pump Northwestern, bring me back to earth. Tyler, you said on May 12th, Billy's birthday, that you will not get too excited about Nebraska football. And actually, Brad, the best long shot bet that you could probably make in every single Nebraska football game is that there will be four fumbles, but none of them will be recovered by the other team. We're just going <laughs> to try to hand it off to the football. We'll do jet sweeps backwards. The other team won't get any of them, but we're going to fumble that thing all over the damn field. It's going to, it's literally going to look like rugby over there. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. I'll, I'll see if I can get a, uh, I'll see if I can get a line on the number of self recovered fumbles. <laughs> yeah, that's, I mean, it, it's 2022. There's lines for just about everything nowadays. Yeah. Um, so since this is a gambling podcast and we we kind of slip over those uh, general picks that we used general to do. General picks. Got a couple of general picks for you guys. As this picks. NHL playoffs first round is shaping up to be an absolute all-timer with literally, I think it's seven of the eight series already at six. Um, and by, that's what I mean by that is seven of the eight opening round games are going into their sixth game, meaning that they could go even seven games. So they're all crazy close, intense series. So for tonight on Thursday, I'm going to go with the Hurricanes and Oilers parlay of plus 250. And then tomorrow night, I'm, I, I like the Rangers to keep that Pittsburgh series going. They're down 3-1, got the win the other night. I think they're going to keep it going, pull off the upset in Pittsburgh, and then the Panthers are going to close it out um, at uh, Washington. They'll close it out in game six. So plus yeah. 220 on Friday night for that one. You know, I'm mad at myself for not bringing this up, and this is the easiest hindsight thing, but I think I might still do it for other um, uh, for the rest of the rounds. Hockey is the only sport in my mind where the first round matchups are like they can go seven very realistically. That, that feels time. like that happens on a regular basis. It doesn't happen in the NBA. First round NBA playoff matchups rarely are going seven games unless it's like the four or five. But you can be a one seed and you could go seven. You get swept as a one seed in the NHL. If a team gets hot, a goalie gets hot. And there is no reason to not bet at the favorite to win in seven. Or you could even bet both sides of it and bet either just the series to go seven games. Like, I just feel like first round, you're going to get decent odds. I don't know what that was, but I will remind me to look at that when the second round comes because I just feel like I, like hockey sweeps just don't feel like a thing to me as a casual fan. I mean, I watch pretty much exclusively playoff hockey. I just don't feel like you see somebody somebody just getting absolutely dominated in the way that, um, in the way that you might in, in other sports where the talent, uh, the talent differential is more obvious. Yeah, and you kind of hit the nail on the head where the true equal, the the neutralizer in those series, whether it's the one versus the eight, it's just the goaltending. Yeah. So for the perfect example of that is Jonathan Quick. They were the the Los Angeles Kings were the eight seed when Jonathan Quick stood on his freaking head the entire summer. I think it was twenty twelve or twenty thirteen. No, twenty eleven or twenty twelve when they got that. Um, and he just stood on his head, and that's the eight seed. It was really my knock on the NBA for so long, and. Again, this may be my theory here, but why I think NBA playoff ratings are a little bit better this year, because there is no LeBron. And these series are much closer, and they are going six, maybe seven. Yeah, they're not an inevitability. No, I, I, I am far more interested in the NBA playoffs this year than I've ever been before. Yes, I'm a LeBron hater, but I think it's... The, these series are really close. Like seeing the Philly collapse is fun. This Boston, actually, this is a decent transition real quick. This let's go into clickbait something real fast. We got a good amount of time right now. Yeah. We can touch base on this real quick where the end what's go, I want to get your opinion, Brad, what is going on in this buck series where everyone and their mom thinks the NBA is cheating to let Giannis get through this round because these fouls that are being called against him are atrocious. And then obviously we can pivot over to the Chris Paul uh, stuff after that. So I saw you had this in here and I was very curious because you and I digest our news uh, from sports from different locations. Um, it, it, we have to, because mm -hmm. I am. I listen to um, a, a lot of. I'm not going to do any free ads for uh, for any other podcast as if they need them. But I listen to a lot of Boston centric uh, folks, um, but not in the uh, not in the barstool realm. Uh, some other guys I've been listening to for a long time, and they're. I mean, big homers, real big homers, and they are not really. Ta they're talking about the officiating just generally, generally being bad. Generally um, bad. <laughs> that's that's more what the conversation has turned into, and. It's not, oh my gosh, they have it out for us, or they're trying to help Giannis advance. It's just like these refs kind of stink. Uh, dude, it's 
I've seen these clips are absolutely atrocious yeah. where Giannis is, he is bulldozing like a fullback down the lane. And then it's like, oh, it's a block. And then he's like throwing his elbow into a guy's fucking face. And then it's, oh, it's a foul on the defender. This guy is, it's, it's maybe it's, 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 it's so unique. They haven't gotten accustomed to calling him because there's only one of him. Maybe that's a fair excuse. I don't know. I, I think that you, um, I get where you're going with this. You are just a hair younger and you don't remember when Shaq was doing all of this stuff. Like there was no way to officiate Shaq back in the day. Like 99, 2000, especially even when he was with the Magic, there was no way to really truly officiate Shaq well. And it was just because it's like, you're just bigger. Like if I run into you, me runs into Tyler, like we're both going to just like not really move all that much. But if I run into Lena, she's going to go flying because I weigh 150 pounds more than her. And so it's the same deal with Giannis. Like Giannis is 7'1", and he's like, I don't know what he weighs, but he's a huge dude. At a certain point with any momentum, you're going to move somebody. So I don't. I think they don't know how to officiate it. I think there's obviously superstar treatment, and so they're going to get. Uh, you're, you're going to get some calls, but there is an art. As much as I hate it, there's an art to drawing a foul. James Harden made a huge piece of his career over the ability to draw a foul, and there's a skill to that. I don't like flopping, but if you see somebody have their arms out in a non-vertical position, and you can draw your hand into it and make it look like they're doing something wrong, then shit, take the take the foul. Why wouldn't you? Uh, it's you know it's not pickup in your backyard where you don't, you only call a foul unless you get murdered. Okay, I, I understand that there are there's superstar treatment. I agree with that, and there is an art to getting a call in today's NBA. For as little as I watch it, I can accept that. I think I'm just going to disagree. The way from the limited games that I've watched, which isn't a full blown game, I'm watching mm-hmm. maybe the fourth quarter. I think he looks like a damn wrecking ball, and it seems strange. And I'm looking on Twitter, and it seems like other people. Not everyone, but there's there's definitely similar opinions out there. The, the um, only thing the only thing I'll add is Marcus Smart's the best defender, defensive player of the year, but he's a well-known flopper. And when you get a reputation for flopping and for selling fouls really hard like that, mm-hmm. there, I mean, it, st- stats show you are less likely to get that call in the playoffs than you are in the regular season. And so uh, I, I don't think that's helping the Celtics in this instance, is that their best defender, maybe the best defender in the NBA, is also a well-known flopper. And they don't want... When it comes to superstar versus best defender, superstar is always going to win that toss-up. All right. Well, the best transition possible. It's time now to introduce my superstar, Anna Rose, jumping on the podcast. Actually, I, I said last episode for the first time, but I forgot you were on for the trivia when we were in California. Yes, we were. Yes, oh, we yeah. were. She barely woke up from a nap, so this is going to be really exciting <laughs> to get her daisy brain here jumping onto the hinge profile as she i uh, think is going to get it ready here in a second and ali are you looking forward to having a little bit of freedom today uh well i'm disappointed i won't be able to find love but hey you know you get to judge love this it, time it, it, i get to judge love so it's all for the thruple so i'm in <laughs> it's all for the thruple <laughs> all righty anna well let's see so as a for, reminder for the listeners um unhinged is usually when we go through ollie's on er, ollie's hinge profile give him suggestions on if he should swipe left or swipe right given on a de- destination that we choose for the week given that mrs hammock right here to my right and i are out in paris right now we thought it'd be fun to uh, pop up the old Hinge profile, and I can confirm that it was deleted, and she did have to re-download, so marriage is still strong. And uh, we're going to do the Unhinged from the woman's point of view, and let's get some... Her brother does a lot of technology work. She could have just had a VPN and, and spoofed the whole thing, but, you know. All right. All right, sick, Brad. That Thanks, brother-in-law. I appreciate it. <laughs> I had to Google to see if Hinge was the best app or even worked over here in Paris. So. Well, we're working on a Hinge sponsorship, so Hinge is obviously the best app. Thank you. <laughs> all righty, Anna, don't let me see it. And it's, I definitely don't want to see it after seeing all those six-packs on the last guy. <laughs> I'm very disappointed that I opened it before the Unhinged segment because the first guy who popped up was everything. Everything what? <laughs> <laughs> everything that you aren't. Tyler. All right, let's hear about Jean Luc. <laughs> no, so shit, my brain's shrinking. My okay. Head... <laughs> so, so, do you want me to say their names? No, no. names, no, no names, no pictures. Prompts only. Okay. Thanks, well, Ollie. <laughs> the the good news is the first one has a guess the song. Okay. Voice prompt. Okay. Is this something new? 
Here we go. Okay. We, we, have, we have another guest here who might want to evaluate these French hinge profiles if we if we want to go full female. I, hey, I, Alex. I, this isn't fair. This, this, <laughs> this is a family podcast if I've ever seen one right now. Let's go. We've got the Mrs. Kirschenbaum, the Mrs. Hammock. Ollie's beard is extra long today. Everybody's with us. God, it All does right. look good. It looks great. I, I wish you could see these files. Okay, here we go. Guess the song. To play guitar, I definitely wanted to become. That's. It was almost impossible because the dream was so big that I didn't see any chance because I was living in a little town, was studying. When I finally broke away from school and became a musician, I thought, well, this is not a song. Yeah, so the song is him describing about how he became a musician, but all right, this guy's a fucking loser. Okay. This guy's definitely French. <laughs> he is he is in finance here in France. Um, dating me is like traveling time, like Marty McFly. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, my God. I can't believe you don't know who that you is. you say that, that with like an inflection as though you didn't know who Marty McFly is? She has no idea who Marty McFly Alex is. Oh, my God. We'll get into that later. Anna. What? Uh, I did my best with her, guys. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, okay. We're, let's focus on... We're moving at a snail pace right now, Anna. So, I mean, okay. and the, yes, that was a pun because we're in France. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I geek out on the reason by Hoobastank and Rugby. <laughs> the reason's not a bad song by Hoobastank. It's I don't not know. A bad song, but but yeah. Hoobastank in, in a minute. <laughs> but that particular song you're gonna get yeah. geek out on, like, and not yeah. to mention a little much. Hoobastank hasn't been even remotely relevant in the states since like '99. <laughs> so this guy's. It's true. The Brits just kind of are a little bit behind us when it comes to our pop culture. Oh, and this, this is France. France. Not the Brits. France. France. Yeah, it's it's all the same. Or ahead of us, depending on how you look at it. Who knows? Keep, guys? keep going. Who was staying like two okay. years and they'll be raging in the U.S. <laughs> I'll fall for you if you smell good. <laughs> Say it clearly to them, not to me. I'll fall for you if you smell good. All right, I think we're moving on past this guy. There's not much moving on here. How many how many abs does he have? Andrew? Just real quick. Zero. Zero abs. Okay, yeah, I'm out. All right, moving on. Yeah, next. <laughs> Left. Okay. Oh, he's naked. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> okay, here we have we have another voice prompt. And it okay. starts with it starts with don't hate me if I Okay. That's so, okay. Seems like a cop okay. I like that song. It's a good song. Yeah, it's a good song. <laughs> Green flags I look for: open-minded, empathy, humor, and shorter than two meters seventeen. Okay. Yeah, shorter than two meters seventeen. Yeah. I believe that would put you under six four, somewhere in that range. I'll do. I'll do. I'll do a quick conversion for everybody. Yeah. Well, two meters is six and a half feet. So, so she, this guy wants her to be under six seven, six eight. <laughs> oh, Jesus, six and a half feet. How tall is this guy? Yeah, he's two point one seven meters. Is under seven feet, seven point one one feet tall. Did you just match with Giannis? <laughs> okay, so basically any any woman in the world. <laughs> maybe maybe that's the point, Brad. Yeah, but maybe that maybe this is French humor. All right, this is kind of creative. All right, I'm back in on this. Yeah, guy. I like that. That's funny. I like that. Yeah. Okay. Um, I have a fun fact about this. After typical Sunday, 26 hours of sleep. Very oh, European. Okay. And I know the best spot in town for. Observing the biggest rats of Paris, and he also included his Instagram link. <laughs> I like him. This guy sounds. This guy sounds good. At, it, uh, under the I assumption that it's a, rats. what was that, Alex? I especially resonate with the rats, the large rats. <laughs> yeah, we could probably do that here too. Yeah, that's that's a fun date. It is. All right, we're moving on. We like the rat guy. Wait, was he actually nude? <laughs> his, his, we'll his shirt was off in the first <laughs> one. <laughs> We'll get back to <laughs> <seems> annoyed. <laughs> All right, okay. number three. 
number three. All right, another voice prompt, but this time for his typical Sunday. This dude is having a boozy brunch every Sunday. Yeah. Yeah. This sounds guy- like cafe music. I'm a little, I feel like the voice prompts back in the States, at least the girls like talk instead of just use songs to interpret things. Hold on, back up. There's voice prompts on dating apps now? Yeah. 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 There's, there's all sorts of stuff. The the normal, the normal female voice prompt is like, Hey, I, um, I really just love, uh, I just love when people spread Nutella on my face. It's (laughs) wonderful. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Anna, what are the other prompts? Um, other prompts. I'm convinced that Earth is flat. Ooh. Oh, Earth, oh God. Well, I want to hear more. I want to hear more. Yeah, same. I want to hear more. <laughs> he then has two shirtless photos. That's not a prompt. We don't care about pictures, Diana. How Let's many abs? Past. Let's move past the abs and the pictures and the Instagram. How many abs? Tyler told me to move past the abs. Yeah, let's move past the abs. At least eight. Prompt there number were two. A lot of abs is give me travel tips for anywhere all right to like and the edge of the earth yeah the edge of the earth. <laughs> <laughs> let's debate this topic is kanye west a genius Absolutely well the not. flat earther makes sense okay yeah that makes sense <laughs> very... this all really lines up yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, he really, he really fits his profile. Um, I'm gonna say Kanye. I don't know, probably half genius, kind of half half crazy as well. But he's definitely got something to both him. Both you do need to be half crazy. This this guy's superheroes yeah. are Kanye and Kyrie Irving. <laughs> <laughs> so far in France, we found Giannis and Kyrie. So we're making it really far. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm, I'm out on the guy who doesn't understand physics. <laughs> yeah, we're we're moving on. We're passing the, on this guy. Okay. Number four. Anna sounds disappointed based on the number of abs. (laughs) (laughs) She won't even say anything. (laughs) I can't say anything. Well, every time she gets to a page, she scrolls all the way to the bottom really fast. (laughs) We're here on the fourth guy, and we can keep saying we're only here for the prompts so many times. The The whole point of this segment is to find true love for Ollie. And I'm so glad that here's my wife. Well, let's find the abs. Find true love for Ollie. And... I think this is for Anna. We're not, trying to find, we're not trying to give you more true love. <laughs> You're right. I did. You're right. Okay, number this is, four. This is, I'm sweating a lot more than I thought I was going to be. You're the one who. <laughs> okay. Try to guess this about me. Half French, half dot, dot, dot. Let's see if the abs, we can tell. From yeah, we could probably tell. He's he's not one you want to. He's, he's okay. Like We're out on that. Okay. Doesn't have oh, the Apple. Probably Greek. Uh, give me travel tips for horse riding in the Wadi Rum. And the what? Wadi Rum. W A D I space R U M. Brad, tell us what that is later. Okay. Look that he one up. A lot of pictures of him riding horses. Um, never have I ever been to Disneyland. Right, these guys are fucking boring. Like, boring. do they just completely rely on what they so look what's like? What's he never done? He's never been to Disneyland. Uh, he lives in France. Yeah. Paris uh, okay, so right here. Disneyland Paris. But Wadi Rum is in is in Jordan. So I'm 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 really confused. He wants travel tips for like a very specific thing. Yeah, like that. That seems like it would be the travel tip. Like, hey, if I'm going to travel yeah. to Jordan, like, what should I do? <laughs> yeah. Like, give me travel tips run. or Wadi Maybe Rum while I'm on a horse. Like, yeah. yeah. So just to be clear, uh, Wadi Rum is the largest Wadi in Jordan, which still answers nothing. <laughs> Wadi Rum. Wadi Rum. Wadi Rum. All right. Nice twirl. All right. Moving on. Okay. Fifth and final. Worst. Fifth and final. Fifth and final. Well, I really want another voice prompt. Anna, this is the last dating app Skype swipe you ever get, so enjoy it. <laughs> You're not gonna like how this one starts. I gotta get I'll, on and meet. I'll, I'll see you I'll later. Meet you. 
Bye, Alex. Thanks for joining. Bye. We'll be over and we'll be done with this segment in about two days. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fifth and final. I'll fall for you if you're a decent little spoon. I geek out on watching kids fail. <laughs> oh my God. Well, I'm glad you remember this guy. Remember him forever. This is Keep what going. Keep now. going, Anna. Um, we'll get along if you drink Negronis. Yeah, I think these guys all suck. They're all boring. They're all a no. I like him. I mean, watching little kids fall is hilarious. What do you think is hilarious? Watching little kids fall? It's great. Yeah. Okay, that was fun. Thanks, Anna. That was a good time. Uh, You're on it. It sounds like there's some really good catches in France. Aside from um, the guy who thinks the earth is a coin that uh, I'm, I'm in. Well, I think that's actually real quick that, yeah, not, not too many great catches, but I, I am going to keep the missus on. She has a couple funny stories to tell. Yeah. I want to a little Paris recap here. Yeah. We're going to do a little bit of a, a Paris recap where we went up to the top of a hotel to look at the Eiffel tower sparkle at 10 o'clock and do that whole stereotypical thing. Um, and Anna orders a, a glass of white wine, you know, so we can all cheers during the thing. And Anna, I want you to explain what happens. Okay, so I ordered a glass. <laughs> well, I was thinking about doing a backstory, but I know that might take a little longer than I am allowed to speak. Um, <laughs> I was definitely not overserved before we went on this rooftop. And I think that's important to notice. We were just, you know, the loud Americans on the rooftop. And I ordered a glass of white wine with my friend Lauren. And he comes over and pours my glass of wine. And at this point, it's like 1130 at night. So it is dark out and goes and pours Lauren's glass of wine. And he comes back to my glass of wine with the bottle and tops off. It tops off the glass. And it's a really nice pour. I was like, hmm, he's being generous. So I take a sip. I go, this is not wine. This is water. And Lauren's oh, like, no. There's, there's no way. So she takes a drink and it's water. So I continue to tell the waiter, hey, um, this wine is actually water and what he told us is the wine bottle actually fell into the ice cooler and it just filled all back up with water and that's why it was water instead of wine it's <laughs> kind of a horse the worst excuse that he possibly could have come up with so his answer was this wine froze and it lost all alcohol and grape qualities and became water. No, he was saying that he was chilling the white wine in one of, you know, the little wine chillers. Yeah. Ice around it. It fell over in the wine chiller. And then, you know, there was melted ice and there was melted ice in there. So water. So it all poured out magically and then magically filled up with um, water. That was the melted ice in the cooler. I can't even explain this excuse. It is so bad. Are we sure that your waiter wasn't the flat earth guy? <laughs> he, he absolutely could have been. So. Yep. Yep. It was a great time. Uh, the whole, the whole, the whole, the whole, the whole wow. thing about it. Yeah. It was, it was, uh, it was an experience, but, um, yeah, and, a couple if other is, and if that is true, then you should probably stay in Paris the next two weeks. Cause who knows what you ingested and what you might bring back to the United States. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's a bunch of shit floating around that wine cooler. So. Well, pretty much all we've ingested so so far is secondhand smoke because apparently tobacco advertisements just never made it over to Europe because there's everyone from 14-year-olds to 84-year-olds just banging heaters from 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. every single day out here. It is it is something. Oh, yeah, it's um, a lifestyle. And then the other crazy kind of weird cultural thing. So a couple of the mornings when Anna had some work to do here at the hotel and I just go on like a walk, go get some coffee to get my day started, kind of get lost in the hustle and bustle all the Parisians walk into work in their suits and everything. I have seen, I would say I probably saw maybe five or six of these guys. They're walking down gorgeous suits. I mean, they're obviously good jobs, whether it's finance or not, like middle of Paris, do well for sure. And they're walking down their streets with their sales headsets on their phone. Or like on their head. So not like an AirPod to have a conversation or anything like that. It's literally just their sales 
headphone with the microphone down to their face. Have you ever seen this in a big city before? Are they maybe Alex is right? They are ahead of us. Not since uh, 1996, but no, <laughs> we're we're an AirPod nation. We don't. We're this that's like some yeah. That's a 1996. That's a great point. Mm-hmm. That's that's 1996 Wolf of Wall Street nonsense. Yeah, I, I mean. I guess if you have a sick suit, you can get away with whatever sort of weird headwear you go with. But like there's Apple does a few things, right? Branding and marketing is one of them. And like if I have my AirPods in and I'm talking and I'm walking fast down the streets of Chicago, I look like I know what I'm doing. I don't, but I look like I do. For sure. I thought that was a little strange and wanted to let it go. But anyway, yeah, like happy, happy birthday, Sandro. Have a great meeting. We'll catch up with you next week. Yeah, sounds great. Thanks, boys. Hey, just uh, one quick thing. Buho owl right mm-hmm. that's uh it, it's a language cebu and cebu city in the philippines so owl is Ceb- cebuano cebuano i might be butchering the language but it stems from the philippines Bujo. well when i think of omaha Nebraska, i think of uh filipinian owls yeah well, that was viva bujos is a direct translation to long live owls in spanish so i don't know what yeah, it's long. It's long live the owls. Union Omaha, long live the owls. That's oh. what it means. Well, my, my on that. Tell me otherwise. I like there's, that. Di- there's different. If there's anything I've learned over here is there's different interpretations for similar languages. So I, that's very in, that's a understandable mix up. But all right, all right, um, boys. All right, later, Sandra. Well, I have uh, I have a couple wrap up pieces. Unless we have anything else we need to hit here, Tyler. Uh, we kind of glazed over the Chris Paul in crazy incident. Did you have any? In, do you have any opinions on that? Yeah, I mean, I get it. Like, if there's some drunk or asshole 17-year-old kid who's putting his hands on my family, I don't really care if there's an actual threat of violence. Just, like, don't touch me and don't touch my family. And um, I don't think that that's an unreasonable request. Um, I don't think that – the thing I don't like, like, Chris Paul could have just been, like, kick this guy out. He could have called him a a motherfucker. And then, like, that's the end of it. But instead, he's like, I'll see you afterwards. I'll see you afterwards. Like, you're not going to see him afterwards. Calm down. Like, you're not going to do anything about this. You went to Wake Forest – you got guys who can handle this. <laughs> so just like, I like that's the part of it I didn't like. But I, I mean, yeah, if, if I was playing a professional sport or doing anything and somebody, somebody's messing with my family, like, yeah, I'd be pissed. Uh, so I don't, I don't blame him for being pissed. I just, this is, um, I think that he's, I think that the, the weird part is like he gets fined for some stuff and, you know, there's, there's, there's a, there's a reckoning coming with fans. Like we saw what happened with the, uh, with the Cleveland guardians game against the Yankees when the guardians were yelling at the Yankees fans and the bleachers, there's all these fan interactions in the NBA. And I, I were, I, gosh, I hope I'm wrong, but like we're, we're gearing up for malice, the palace part two, it's been a minute. And I, I feel like we're going to see uh, some, some fan, athlete boundaries come down again here soon and it's going to change the way we watch sports hot take yeah it is hot take i mean malice at the palace was in 2004 you're not wrong 18 years is a long time before we've had since we've had an event that large involving the fans um i don't know the, the thing that resonated with me is exactly what you said at the beginning brad it's like what kind of what kind of man are you at 38 years old, a however long veteran making how many millions of dollars? And you're saying, I'll see you after the game to a 17 year old kid who obviously doesn't know right from wrong yet because he has diamond stud earrings and his wife just got out of the cell tanning <laughs> bed. Like, like who is mom? Yeah, mom. That's what I meant to say. Um, like, I don't know. I just thought that was pretty embarrassing. If I'm Chris Paul and I'm and I'm a grown man saying that to a kid as he's walking away protected from security, it was a very yeah, childish thing on Chris Paul to do, not to mention he dropped five points and got fouled out of the game. So he had more fouls than points in a very pivotal game four. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, that was all I got to. Just wanted to briefly touch base on that. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. A um, couple wrap-up pieces here. We had uh, we had a lot to dive in on. Uh, I appreciate um, Ollie doing a little bit of research there towards the end. The reason by Hoobastank came out in what year, Tyler? Oh, God, 98? 2004. Yeah. Um, it, uh, it reached number two on Billboard. Uh, so I 2004 seems a little later than I remember. I feel like that was a high school song for me, but, you know, here we are. Mm-hmm. Um, Jonathan Quick, uh, I lost this, but he won uh, the Stanley Cup 
title with the Kings in 2012 and then again in 2014. Um, it's his Conn Smythe trophy winning run in the 2012 Stanley Cup playoffs has been described as the best statistical playoff run ever. So uh, to your point, if you have a goalie who literally just doesn't let the other team score, which is technically possible, you won't lose. So it doesn't matter what anybody else in the team does as long as you get a goal. Um, so that's, that is the unique thing about uh, hockey. Uh, the odds for the Preakness, which is next weekend, um, Epicenter, 3-1, to one, Secret Oath, 11-2, to two, Early Voting, 6-1, to one, and Rich Strike, uh, rounding out the top four at 7-1. to one. Uh, So I, I'm not surprised that he's not the odds on, but, I mean, you can't have the Kentucky Derby winner not get some get some love there. But, uh, well, I mean. Yeah, I totally agree with that. And just real quick, just got to give a little bit of a Blackhawk shout-out here. That Jonathan Quick 2014 year, if you remember that. So, yeah, that 2012 year, nobody was stopping him. But that 2014 year, that was the year that we lost after uh, when the puck went off of Jalmerson's ass into the net in game seven at home in Chicago. And then mm-hmm. the Kings went on to just absolutely destroy the Stanley Cup. I think it was four to one against the Rangers, maybe. Then um, that, so that literally would have been another cup for the Hawks. So it would have been four cups in five years if it wasn't for that, or four cups in six years. But anyway, um, yeah, that's all I got. Any other questions from Paris? I think we I think we wrapped it up all right. Yeah, seems like uh, seems like it was good. Uh, U.S. Open. I could not get an exact number of how many people qualified because it deter- it's partially determined by the number of exemptions and uh, a bunch of other factors. I think the max for the field is 156 players. Um, but next week we have uh, we've got a lot to talk about. We have the Preakness coming up next week. We have the PGA Championship, and I have uh, lined up a guest for that. As long as we can make the schedules work for the PGA, um, you you know him and love him from the Masters preview. Uh, Mr. Rortbet uh, has agreed to join us and Let's talk. Let's go, some- Greg. Uh, so that is going to be uh, that's going to be exciting, uh, especially giving him a little bit extra prep time. So uh, yeah, uh, cool. for. Uh, that works out well because I can I can go get a nice little club sub at Subway between now and then so he can have a free ticket to the Brewers game. I'll put that in the mail. Yeah. Have you seen the Brewers subscription that they're doing, this fan rally thing? Please tell me. I love making fun of Milwaukee. Yeah, so it's a it's a it's a whole new service, which I actually am kind of into. It's a hybrid between season tickets and the subscription. You can essentially subscribe to seats within a given section of a stadium. And the Brewers are one of like seven teams that are uh, starting this. It's the Brewers, the Clippers, the Kings, uh, South Carolina, Stanford, and then a bunch of nonsense. I don't know. I guess I don't want to make anybody mad, but like, I don't know what the Ontario rain is. Uh, <laughs> but essentially, you can subscribe to this. So like, if you're not going to go to every game, but you know, you want to go to like five games over the course of a month. It's it's a new thing that uh, that's getting some traction. So I can't decide I if I love it or I hate it, but let's just assume it's stupid. Yeah, let's assume it's stupid for sure. Yeah. Well, for myself out here in balmy and sunny and hot Chicago, Illinois, which is a stark change from last week, I am uh, Brad Kirschenbaum for Mr. Hammock out there in Paris while he fends off all of the uh, uh, overly muscular men uh, for the next couple of days. When are you heading back? Uh, we head back Saturday. We're going to your honeymoon town tomorrow. Oh, man, I'm so excited for you guys. I'll, I'll hit you with a couple other suggestions. Um, and it, so, and now you know this, uh, Brad, but Ollie lived in Belgium. So we'll have to we'll have a little bit more European wrap up to talk about with him next year. Next week. Bloodlines Belgium. Bloodlines Belgium next week. That's where we're going. I'm into it. Um, and for Mr. Godfrey, who is hard at work right now, which I will be in two minutes until next week. Hug it. Chug it. Football. Football.